Welcome to the Rule of Law Matters podcast, a podcast about what the rule of law means and why it matters. This podcast is brought to you by the Law Society of British Columbia. The Law Society is a regulatory body that protects the public by setting and enforcing professional standards for lawyers in our province. We have a very special episode today. Renowned criminal defense lawyer Marie Hennan has joined us to talk about the role of lawyers in our society, what influenced her to be a lawyer, and threats to democracy and the rule of law that are happening around the world right now. Marie Hennan is a senior partner at Hennan Hutchison LLP, recognized in Canadian lawyer as one of the country's top 10 litigation boutiques. She has been interviewed on CBC's The National, written for the Globe and Mail, and is a sought-after speaker. Marie recently released her memoir, Nothing But the Truth, which weaves her personal story with her strongly held views on society's most pressing issues, legal and otherwise. Marie is going to be speaking at our Rule of Law Lecture on April 4th. You can find out more about the free public event and how to register on our website, lawsociety.bc.ca. Here's a little glimpse of what she will be talking about at the lecture. This is her discussion with our podcast host, John Pestinger. Marie Hennan, thank you very much uh, for joining us on the Rule of Law Matters podcast. We really appreciate it, and we really appreciate you uh, soon uh, addressing the assembled multitude here in British Columbia in our annual lecture series. Um, So thanks for being here. Pleasure. You've written a lot um, in your book uh, on your childhood and your family. What experiences influenced your decision to become a lawyer and to become a criminal defense lawyer um, with, in terms of your family, but also maybe in terms of the world and, and how you looked at it? Well, you know, there were no... Um particular moments, uh, no uh, singular events that caused me to want to be a lawyer and caused me to want to be a criminal defense lawyer. You know, as I write in the book, uh, I didn't know till I was sort of well on the way to uh, seeing that as my future, that my father had always wanted to be uh, a lawyer. Uh, That was his true passion. It sort of makes sense to me now when I think back uh, about his personality um, but for me, it was really driven by uh, deeply personal interests and my, my personality, where I thought I would fit what I wanted to be doing uh, in a day. And those things uh, meant that this was really the, the right uh, place for me. So, look, the subject matter, particularly criminal, criminal law, which I think most of the public, that's what they identify with when they think of lawyers, because that's what you see in, in media. The issues that you deal with are so expansive and so critical in terms of the way we see ourselves as a society, the way we govern ourselves, the way we, we choose to evolve. Uh, and I thought that was fundamental. I think that I'm an outsider by nature. And so being on the side opposite uh, of the state authority is a natural place for me to fit. I think uh, I don't like bullies and often um, find that uh, the government and state power can be bullying. I believe very much in individual rights. And so all of those things were pretty critical. But also, I love a good fight. 
And where else do you get paid other than a boxing ring uh, to fight? And, and, and there's, a, there's a certain safety in, in the intellectual fight as opposed to the physical. Absolutely. Uh, l- let me just follow up on that in, 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 in one way. You realized or knew, I think is probably the more appropriate word, that you wanted to be a lawyer very early on. So where were you getting your impressions of what lawyers did that gave you that certainty? Was it was it media or was it anything beyond media? It was entirely television. I mean, uh, television and books, you know, it, it was where I was getting my information about what a lawyer does initially through TV. Uh, So I had a a fairly general understanding of what a lawyer's job was, what a criminal defense lawyer did. That to me made sense. And obviously books like To Kill a Mockingbird, you know, the the seminal uh, books and movies like Inherent the Wind and those sorts of things that were based on Clarence Darrow's Scopes Trial, the Monkey Scopes Trial. Um, all of those things, those depictions of lawyers, and it used to be, and I think it's important to note this, that, you know, at least when I was growing up, that the way lawyers were depicted was in an admirable way, not in a caricature embarrassing, uh, butt of the joke way. These were people that were doing good work. They were honorable, uh, notwithstanding they were representing people charged with crimes. That, that was the perspective. And so that was what I saw uh, as a a criminal defense lawyer. I saw it as an honorable profession. Fair to ask, uh, name one TV show that that influenced you? Uh, Harry Mason was a lot of drama, I thought. Um, And and that certainly was one uh, back then that was uh, uh, pretty significant. But then there were a million that followed. Certainly L.A. Law was one. um, And I think as time went on, it just became a little more caricature-y. If I were to anchor my thoughts around uh, what I perceived uh, a a criminal uh, defense lawyer, it was always the Clarence Darrow's, the Kunstler's, that these were the people, these were the people I, you know, I would read the transcripts of the Chicago 7 trial of Kunstler's speeches, uh, you know, Clarence Darrow's speeches. I think every criminal defense lawyer has a gazillion Darrow books. Those were the things that were how I perceived the image of not only what a defense lawyer was, but how they were regarded in society, what our place was. So those are the most compelling for me, uh, those sorts of depictions of our work. Sort of with that background, um, you've talked about how important it is that the public understands why everybody needs access to legal representation, uh, even those who have been accused of committing serious, sometimes awful crimes. Uh, you know, can you explain to the public, to, to those who may be listening, and sometimes lawyers struggle with this as well, um, can you explain to those who struggle with this idea why this is so clearly um, the way it has to be? Well, lawyers uh, should never uh, struggle with this at all, but I understand why the public would struggle. And that's because it's, you know, the the role of a lawyer in the architecture of our democracy um, is very, very fundamental. It's set up in a way that uh, we have an independent arbiter, we have a prosecution, but on the other side of it, the person doing the challenging is the defense lawyer. And when you look at uh, history, Uh, When you go to think of times like Germany, uh, where one of the first strikes was taking out an independent bar and an independent judiciary. 
And in lots of countries, an independent bar and an independent judiciary are viewed as a very, very significant threat to the government and to autocratic rule. We saw that really in the United States, in my view, with Trump and his wholehearted, uh, no-holds-barred attack on the judiciary and on dismissing uh, this idea of an independent arbiter being allowed to check the power of an elected official. And we see it in Canada. I, I write about this. Uh, to understand the importance of, of uh, defense lawyers and of lawyers in an independent bar is to understand what our democracy requires to survive and to thrive. And we see in so many forums, a good example would be in Canada, that many of the issues that we want to challenge, that we want to litigate or challenge the government and push back on are articulated in a courtroom. It's the most civilized, dignified, and, and profound way um, to have those matters aired. And so, uh, you know, it, it cannot be that uh, there is some barometer somewhere out there that I don't know about that's going to decide when someone's entitled to a defense, when a cause should be um, litigated in court, and when it shouldn't, because we know that that's going to depend on which side of the political spectrum you, you sit on. Right. And, and knowing that makes that determination profoundly arbitrary. So you can't you can't make it a differential application uh, of justice and the right to representation. Well, right right now. And although it's not uh, strictly speaking in the criminal sphere, we're seeing uh, the, the government of the United Kingdom being extremely critical of lawyers who represent Russian oligarchs or would stand in the way or, or challenge uh, legislation uh, relating to Russia in, in, the, in the midst of Russia's uh, invasion of Ukraine. Uh, do, do you have some perspective on, uh, on that criticism? And some law firms are you know, uh, have chosen to abandon their clients uh, to move on and say, we're, we, we, you know, we're not going to do this work. Um, and others, I assume, are continuing. But you have the government basically calling lawyers, some lawyers in, in the UK names and literally naming and shaming them, if you've seen some of the headlines. I, I do have a view of that. First of all, I, I don't have a problem with a, a lawyer or a firm taking a position saying they they don't want to do this work. I mean, that's a personal decision. I think it's relevant if you're the only lawyer that can do that work. Yeah. But if you decide for your personal own personal reasons that you're just not going to bring what you need to it, that you cannot withstand um, what will be involved uh, or that emotionally for you, it's just not the right place. Then the reason you withdraw is because you're not going to be in a position to serve your clients in the way you need to. Exactly. Uh, so I don't have a difficulty with that. I do have a huge difficulty with the attacks by the government because you will recall that the lawyers representing the Guantanamo Bay detainees were subjected to very much the same approach. And it's all well and good now you know, after numerous articles and numerous cases and numerous Hollywood movies that we all say, oh my gosh, what an honorable thing it is to represent a Guantanamo Bay detainee. But back then, when these criticisms were being leveled against them, uh, these lawyers were called traitors and were uh, called defenders of terrorists and, you know, people who were attacking uh, North America. 
So it, it, it's the same thing here. You know, it, it, it's not in the defense of Russian oligarchs and it's not in the defense of Russia. It's in the defense of what the appropriate state powers are. And the problem is in times of crisis, in times of emotional distress, the government reacts as it will and as it should. But the beauty of the democratic system is those reactions can be stress tested, if you will, in a courtroom. And there is nothing inappropriate about that. There is nothing wrong with challenging it within the parameters and giving it a close look. I think that's precisely what courts are, are uniquely positioned to do. So it's terrible to uh, to lobby, um, to, to, to lob uh, judgment at these lawyers who are, you know, in my view, doing a difficult thing and presenting the other side of it. And let me note that there are also numerous lawyers advancing Ukrainian causes all over. And I have a sense the lawyer advancing the Ukrainian causes in Russia is getting the same treatment that the lawyer advancing the, the views of Russians in the UK. The difference, the difference is in the UK, it's an independent bar and an independent judiciary, and they will be heard fairly. They won't be hauled off to a jail. So, you know, I, I have no time for that sort of criticism and that sort of uninformed attack on professionals doing their job. Well, lawyers doing their job um, when we do our jobs is always, uh, to borrow your phrase, in defense of the rule of law. Um, if we don't do our jobs, we actually weaken the rule of law. If we capitulate, we weaken the rule of law, we weaken democracy. You've compared the justice system to the Sphinx, uh, which is an interesting analogy, vulnerable to attack and exposed to anyone who wants to take a shot. We, we've, we've started talking about that in terms of uh, the UK government, uh, but what other current threats do you see to our justice system? Well, you know, I, I do think that the biggest threat right now is these sorts of unbridled attacks that we're seeing in, in democratic countries against institutions that they created uh, as an arm of a democratic, uh, a democratic system and uh, a profound uh, disrespect for what those actors and institutions are required to do. I, I really do think that's where the threat comes. Now, whether that has been motivated by this, this populist sentiment this belief that elected officials are somehow uh, more valid than unelected officials, the judiciary and that arm of, uh, of our democracy, whatever it is that's driving it, um, it is, I think, the most pervasive threat and, and one of the most significant ways to erode um, the strength of our democracy. I do not see any other place uh, short of taking up arms, where people defend democracy, and I am not in favor of that. To me, it is the most critical uh, forum to litigate our values, to challenge our governments, to, uh, to be heard as citizens, and to defend the rights of the minority. That's where it has to happen. And so when you see it being chipped away at by very influential people, uh, it's disturbing. And, you know, I'll, I'll just give you this one example. When you think back again to the United States and what happened when Al Gore loses by a hanging chad, well, it works its way to the Supreme Court of the United States. They rule. He comes out. He says, I accept it and moves on. Look at what happens now with Trump, where notwithstanding Republican judges 
rejecting his claims that this was any way an improper or stolen election, that has gotten into the fabric of a substantial number of, of voters because they believe what? They believe that the judiciary is rigged, the system is rigged, and they've accepted that message. And you see the fault lines in that democracy. You see what is happening there. So, you know, in, in my view, that is the most significant threat. And that requires us to do a better job of explaining to the public what we do, what the courts do, and why we need to protect them with every fiber in our being. Well, and, and, and you've made great points about the independence of lawyers and the independence of judges in a democracy. And I'll add one more piece to that because I used to do a lot of representing of them, and that's the independence of journalists and media, because they also end up being very much on the front lines uh, of the, the battle for democracy and the battle for the rule of law, um, and, and, and subject to the same pressures and the, and the same attempts at invalidation that governments and 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 others and those who tend towards autocracy sure and you know the look at look at sorry look at ukraine right now there's a reason russia is aiming at shutting down uh media not only in ukraine where they're you know doing it by by bombs but in russia shutting down free media so yes it is that is another absolutely critical arm of, of democracy. But you know what's what's interesting is what's consistent in all of these areas is these are places where challenges are made to the uh, to the party line. And so you shut down those challenges if you want to maintain the party line. And those challenges ultimately in where, where we are lucky enough to be in a free and democratic society are what strengthens that society. And when those challenges are shut down or not allowed to proceed, that that invariably weakens uh, that society. And, you know, obviously we're in the middle of a drama that involves the rule of law, involves the role of media, um, and, and it still doesn't have a predictable conclusion. That said, uh, you will be speaking at the Law Society's Rule of Law Lecture on April 4th, and we're very appreciative uh, of you doing that. Uh, we are hoping that members of the public who are not lawyers will join us to hear about you, your book, and your perspective on the rule of law and why it is important. What are you hoping audience members in this public lecture uh, might take away from your talk? Depends on what I'm in the mood to, to discuss. I don't have canned speeches. And so, you know, what is going on in the world right now is very hard not to talk about. Uh, so, I, you know, I think that's where my mind is at. And I think it's uh, about engaging with the public about how that intersects with, with our work. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's going to be uh, topical, uh, so many things to discuss, whether it's uh, government control of law societies, or it's the UK slamming lawyers, or it's Russia shutting down, um, you know, the, the, the judiciary and, and independent bar. Uh, their lessons, you know, what's fascinating to me is the lessons, although they're now current, are just repeats, right? This is, it, it is, it's not new, although it's current. Uh, and I think sometimes we need to take a moment to uh, assess where we are and think back where we've come from and understand what is at stake, what is really at stake here. 
and I think there is a lot at stake. So I expect, you know, that's where my head is at. I expect that's what I'll be discussing. Well, you know, I think we have the broad parameters. We know it'll be topical um, and, and obviously right on point to that day and even that moment. So uh, that, that, that's very promising indeed. Marie Hannon, thank you very much for joining us. Um, it's been a pleasure and an honor. Uh, and we'll, uh, we'll see you at the Law Society's public rule of law lecture on April 4th. Thank you. Looking forward to it. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear Marie Hennon speak in person at our Rule of Law Lecture on April 4th, visit our website at lawsociety.bc.ca for event information. If you have any comments or suggestions for this podcast, please email us at podcast at lsbc.org.